0: Dave one, You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 126. Mistakes? No. Happy accidents? Yes. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Kurt as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Alex? I am doing fantastic. The weather is nice here. I'm looking out my window. Trees are all green. People are, I was going to say green as well. Not People are not <laughs> green, but uh, from what I see, I only see trees, so it looks good outside. That's about it. So but today we're not talking about the nature outside, but we are talking about something that el- something else that is beautiful, your painting. That was a weird segue, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, I think that was perfect. I I actually dropped my jaw a little bit cuz that was that was very smooth. You're talking about the nature outside and then we talk about the natures of the painting. It's like, "Wow, that was incredible. I didn't even see that
0: coming." Yep, that was all scripted. Yep. But definitely definitely intentional. <laughs> But before we jump into the topic of your painting as a hobby, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Kurt.
1: Kurt. uh, Now, depending on how much you want to know, I'll really just cover the recent history is I grew up in Tennessee. And then after a long time of living there, I moved down here to Texas and I went to college, met my wife, we got married, spent a, a handful of years working just to make sure that we could put food on the table. And once we hit that perfect point. Uh, that we felt like we could start trying some risks. Uh, I quit my job and I became a musician around town. And so I've been doing that for a little bit now until recently, of course. And uh, just uh, I've always had a handful of hobbies that I've always done. I like to draw. I like to uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons. You know, music, even though it's a career at this point, is still a hobby that I really love to do. Uh, but lately, I actually started getting into painting uh, a lot and it's really hit a fun spot that I didn't know I was missing.
0: You know what? We're definitely going to get along because I play D&D as well and I'm also a musician. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Before I started this podcast, I used to produce music. I used to rap. I used to produce, let's say, classical, hip hop, uh, scores. And yeah, so there we go. We're starting off on our right foot. Oh, that's
1: awesome. So we were just, we, this was kismet, if, yeah. you, if you don't mind me
0: saying. <laughs> I do not mind at all. Yes, it was quite kismet. <laughs> And uh, before, I'm sure we could just talk about music this whole time and all the other hobbies, but we we will focus on painting because painting is beautiful and we have to talk about nature and the trees because we're going to make this wrap around to all that. But before we do that, do you have any social media links or websites or even projects you're working on so people could come check you out and show some love?
1: I have that stuff. I don't really do anything on it. Uh, the The main thing that I do social media wise is uh, I've got a podcast of my own called The Podcaster's Tavern, which has a Facebook and a Twitter page where we we post mainly just the episodes and then some bits in between. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram under Hide and Seek. That's H Y D E N S I E K, which I'm still trying to use as my music page, but I forget to post thing on there, anything on there. So, uh, I mean, you can. I just forget about it.
0: (laughs) And of course, you say you do music. Where can people find your music? Because I want to support that as well. Well, currently,
1: I, I only recently started doing the music thing. So my personal music hasn't quite been released yet. So I mainly just play around town a lot. But whenever I start getting that actually up and out there, I'll have all of that information on on the various social medias that I use because, you know, once that happens, I'm going to blow everything up and let everybody know.
0: (laughs) Well, in that case, I'll do my part as well. You just send me the link and I'll add it to the description of this podcast because this episode's coming out next year. (laughs) uh, Oh, wonderful. uh, That's actually should be plenty of time. (laughs) (laughs) Recording way ahead of schedule, but I'll make sure to promote everything and anything you have.
1: That'd be great. I appreciate it.
0: And now for the topic of today, being a painter. So for you, how did you get introduced to painting? I'm sure as a child, you know, everybody has done finger painting. But for you, what was like the moment like, you know what? I want to pick this up and try it out.
1: I never had that moment as a kid. Oh, no. I <laughs> had that moment as a 20-something-year-old man. I, I, was, I was always drawing as a kid. But for some reason, painting it never appealed to me. Like it's just one of those things you don't feel like getting into and – about uh, around the teenage years, I started learning who Bob Ross was, but I've never actually watched him. But then I think uh, I think whenever I was 22, just after we got married, I, uh, I started watching Bob Ross on Twitch, which is a streaming service. And I, I got sucked into it. And I've been watching that ever since. Uh, so I think I'm 26, 27 this year, something like that. So I've been watching Bob Ross for five years, always saying one of these days, I'm going to try that because the way he does it, I want to do that. Yeah, that's that was actually really my first—the first time I ever felt like doing it was whenever I was grown.
0: <laughs> so wait, hold on—do you still own the first painting you did? that you try to copy from Bob Ross?
1: No, oh, uh, the the painting I, I started doing after I found Bob Ross. I didn't start painting until just the the last year.
0: But have you? Uh, so do you still own the first thing you painted, or is it like it was a scrap? You're like, ah, okay, you know, this was my trial. Throw it away.
1: Uh, no, I've kept I've kept them. I've kept them all, which I, I've done a few because I. I have a hard time making time for my hobby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a pun. <laughs> just I'll do slid, what I just, can. Just slid, slid that right in there. It's just casual. Just a smooth one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So for people who might not know who Bob Ross is, he's a painter and he likes to paint a lot of nature and doesn't really like to paint people. Do you say you do the same or do you prefer just uh, painting people and nature?
1: I prefer to paint nature right now because I just feel like I haven't quite got the grasp of doing anything beyond that, which is what I've, I do the Bob Ross technique for, is to uh, kind of get more hands-on and understand how to work the colors and the brushes a little bit better. Um, so I really love doing the nature, but I have aspirations of doing beyond that. I want to paint my dogs one day. Uh, I want to, if I can learn how to paint people, I think it'd be fantastic. Uh, but I have, I've always had a hard time doing even uh, like faces with just sketching and drawing and things i could do nature i could do animals i just had a hard time doing people's
0: faces so, for half a second when you say I want to paint my dog, I want to paint people, I was actually picturing you <laughs> painting your actual dog and then painting your wife like when she's sleeping, there you go, painting. What well, honey, what are you doing? Oh. Uh, you-
1: <laughs> oh, that's totally what I meant. I was <laughs> going to get into face painting.
0: I got to practice on somebody first though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You got your dog, you got your painting, you got your wife. There you go. She won't mind, right? Oh yeah.
1: And and they're good dogs and she's a good wife, so they just sit there and let it happen. <laughs>
0: <It's> like <laughs> this is what he likes doing. I just got to tolerate it. My wife would probably be the same. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to support this this is what he wants to do yes she's like she's numb to the feeling of the pain. she's like <laughs> I was like she's doing something else in the house she's like yes I know Kurt's painting me okay
1: <laughs> her parents call up and they're like what are you guys up to uh Kurt's painting my face again oh what is she today today she's Chewbacca
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that like, yes today is just the feeling of Chewbacca it's a Chewbacca kind of day <laughs> I'm just feeling hairy today <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, that's what she says. I feel hairy today. <laughs> like, you know what, honey? If you feel hairy, I, I got the perfect representation for that.
1: <laughs> there you go. Just sit still and please don't move.
0: <laughs> and so you're talking about more like the Bob Ross aspect and you like painting nature. Is there a specific type of nature you like doing? Let's say winter or fall or summer, spring. Is there a season you prefer? So far,
1: not really. I started uh, the first couple that I did were winter scenes. And then after that, I started getting into more of like the luscious green summers. Um, but the the weird part of it all is that all of this regular nature stuff to me is a practice because i've got interests in like the darker things so i really want to get the hang of of doing regular nature scenes because i want to be able to get into Weirder scenes. I, I don't really know how to explain it. I, I don't want it to sound sound too weird and psychotic, but I, I have like a, an interest in trying to paint like hellish scenes where it's red dirt everywhere and red skies, dead trees, or. Even the the game Oblivion, it's got like the Oblivion gates and my wife and I thought it would be super cool if I painted an Oblivion gate. So, which is like
0: half nature. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like a, <laughs> a Bob Ross, but like the darker side, like after yeah. like the apocalypse of Bob Ross, if they like a fo- forest fire went through and then the the ground is red of lava or I, I, no you know what I love that I love the different perspective of it
1: yeah I'm like the the darker Bob Ross my hair lays over my shoulders instead of standing up on my head so you know it's just
0: <laughs> Bob Ross <laughs> the just that dark days. silhouette <laughs> but so have you tried that yet or no
1: I haven't uh, I, I really want to and I think the next one I may give it a shot but I, I've still only done a handful of them that I'm I'm trying to get that down but I feel like it's got to be a little bit easier because if you're not doing like actual nature scenes, there's there's got to be fewer rules with it. You know, yeah, your trees can be black if you want to. Your skies totally can be red and there's nothing wrong whenever you're doing alternate
0: dimension paintings. There's (laughs) a saying, right? You know, the beauty is within the eye of the beholder. I butchered that. But yes, something along those lines. (laughs) (laughs) The eye of the beholder, you know, the the Dungeons and Dragons thing. (laughs) Oh, man, you know, I I could actually picture you like painting a scene out of like one of your campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons.
1: I really want to. That's another thing I wanted to do because wa- uh, I've want. I've been a player and I've been a DM and I want to like art out the the scenes that we describe. So like whenever you come out of the, the mountaintop cave and you look down and see the city, uh, that's what I want to do. But we digress.
0: <laughs> this might be a really odd question related to painting and D&D, but would you ever, let's say, buy mini canvases and a bigger canvas to make like a tower and build like a city out of canvases for your D&D campaign? So like when something comes up, you have like, all right, this is a little house, boom, you painted it in and just sit it up So this is a house that people can go check out or like a tower or like, that. I don't know, something like that.
1: I I've actually had that thought of, of doing, doing such a thing because I love that Dungeons and Dragons is primarily a, a mind game where you have to picture it yourself. It's your own creativity. But I also love whenever you have a visual representation of what you're actually supposed to be seeing and and I, I, I've always loved the thought of that. So if if there ever comes a time where I, I get comfortable and I can paint castles and stuff like that, I would love to do stuff like that. Man, I, like
0: if you post post that online, I'd love to see it. Because I, <laughs> I play D anD D as well, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, I'm, oh man, my imagination's just running wild right now. I think that might actually be my next – I think I
1: might try to paint a castle this next time just because I've never done it before and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Look at that, Alex.
0: You're a good influence, right? Not a bad influence. I don't (laughs) – You're a a great influence. (laughs) You're influencing me to do my hobby. (laughs) Nice. That's my objective. And so we were talking about the colors aspect. So what goes through your thought process when it comes to selecting colors? Do you have like a preference? Do you like using more red because you seem like you want to get into more red or do you like green? What is your preferred colors you use?
1: It really depends on the on the scene with winter. I usually go more blues and and dark blues and stuff like that, just so that way it feels cold. But whenever I go more towards the summer, I like to use a lot of a lot of greens just because I I grew up in Tennessee and it's just luscious green everywhere. Everywhere that I've ever been that I've loved is always super green trees, uh, which is the downside to the part of Texas I live in, which is the western side where there's not any trees. It depends on the scene that I'm trying to paint and the the feeling that I'm trying to evoke out of that painting.
0: Actually, speaking of which, do you pull inspiration from real life? Like when you go look outside, you're like, you know what? I'd like to add like a tree there in my painting.
1: I I do. With the winter scenes that I started out with, I watched Bob Ross so that way I could have a feel of how he was doing it. And then I could branch out on my own. And one of the most more recent ones that I did uh, was actually I was planning on it being reminiscent of a place I, a place in the woods i grew up in te- tennessee but then whenever i got into it i started changing things and and then i just went off the rails and then i added a big lake in front of it that i wasn't planning on doing originally so inspired by by real places yes but i usually don't stick to it very well
0: <laughs> no that's pretty cool i love the aspect of just thinking outside the box and you're just like you know what i'll add a lake here you know, just casually It's probably not appropriate. Maybe there's something underneath that shouldn't have a lake. Like there's a bunch of moles that live there. But you screw it. You know, there's a lake now.
1: (laughs) It's just like Bob Ross says, you have all the power to do whatever you want in this canvas. So if you want to move mountains, you can move mountains. You
0: can put trees where there are none. It's your world. Do what you want. Actually, my mind's going segue to segue to idea to idea. Have you ever considered doing or have you ever tried, let's say, instead of just limiting yourself to one canvas, but have like two canvases and have that like uh, panorama? Uh, image
1: that is a, hopefully close by goal of mine. Cause I've always wanted to do that. And I, I, I want to do like a two by six canvas one where I've, you know, two tall, three wide. And, uh, that, that one's, that one's a bit daunting, but I think it would be so much fun. So, yes, I do have that interest,
0: and I could be wrong, but have you ever considered painting a wall in your house with your art?
1: Unfortunately, at this point, I live in an apartment, so that's frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would think it'd be really cool once we once we bought a house that uh, that I, I would probably, you know, paint some of the stuff here in West Texas, we don't really have grass without trying really hard and spending a lot on water utilities. Um so my wife and I decided that we'll probably do that rock front yard where you lay rocks out. But we also thought it'd be cool if I designed that. So I put like cool rock designs with different colors and everything. So
0: now you also mentioned tools to make the rocks. But when it comes to painting, what kind of tool do you use to create a new project?
1: I've got uh, I use the classic two inch uh, natural bristle brush that Bob Ross uses, which after a while of doing oil paintings, I found out is not an actual tool that classic oil painters use. That's one that he did so that way everybody at home could just use whatever they wanted. It was more comfortable because everybody's painted a wall with a big brush. So he wanted to be able to take that and put it into painting on a canvas. So I use that. Uh, I've got a smaller one inch brush. I use the fan brush, uh, a, a script liner brush
0: and a paint knife. And you mentioned oil painting. Do you use any other types of paints or you're just comfortable with that one? Or is there any other one you'd love to try? One of the the, the
1: paint or the, I guess it's more of an art medium that I want to get into is watercolor at some point. Uh, I tried to do that with, with drawing and watercolor pencils as a kid, but I never actually followed through with it. And I, I think it'd be really cool to to get into into some watercolors. So that would be the next one. Acrylic, maybe. Um, that one's more put a layer, dry, let it dry. And then put another layer after that. I uh, I
0: don't know. You know, oil 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 is where I live right now. <laughs> and you know what? If it works for you, why change it? And then you know, you got uh, different types of paints you can pick up later on. And there's a lot of time painting. You have to be patient to be a painter. You can't have everything. Unless you're like one of those fast painters. In that case, I retract what I just said. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like if, you, if you're Bob
1: Ross level, yeah. where you, can, you can bust out a masterpiece in 30 minutes. Good on you. Um, I can't.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling he could do that with his eyes closed easily. Like he could just picture the frame and just do everything and it'd be a masterpiece. Do you, uh, on that note, actually, would you ever want to challenge yourself like that? Trying like painting behind your back just for fun or your eyes closed or I don't know, with your left hand <laughs> if, you're, if you're right-handed.
1: I would be interested. I, I think. Uh, I think maybe try and try and eyes eyes closed, because I feel like you know feeling your your body physically, you would know more or less where your hands are going and how you're painting things, but not knowing which colors you're mixing up, just to <laughs> open up your eyes and see what kind of mess you just made. I would love to do that.
0: Uh, and so that could take a pretty long time to do with your eyes closed. So actually, on that note, how long does it usually take you to complete a project when your eyes are open?
1: <laughs> <laughs> when my eyes are open is actually probably worse than my eyes being closed because <laughs> I can see the mistakes. So I take longer. Uh, I'm a, almost a bit of a perfectionist because if it doesn't come out the way I see it in my mind, I got to redo it. Um, so I usually take roughly, you know, anywhere between 12 hours to a full day to, to, to complete a painting, even over the course of, of a couple of days I've gone before. Cause Every painting I've done, I've always scraped off at some point. So I, I put a i put a big thicket of trees I've got the canvas three quarters covered and then I realize it's not sitting the way I want it to. so I scrape it all off and I do it again.
0: So I'm kind of the same when it came to, comes to my music. I have a bunch in my bank that I started but haven't completed, so for that, do you have some paintings that are not completed and you're planning to go back to it later on or they're just like, you know what this is just a scrap it was like a trial and I'll do something else afterwards
1: the the funny thing about that is all of my paintings are quote unquote finished and i throw those quotes on because uh, i don't remember who it was that said it but they they said art is never finished it is abandoned
0: <laughs> i have
1: abandoned these these paintings <laughs> But to me, they're finished. I went as far as I wanted to. I went top to bottom and I covered it with oil paint. And, uh, but I don't actually move on to another painting until I've got one finished. Even if it sat there for a few days until I can get back to it, I will not start another one until it's done.
0: I could just imagine you just looking at it like, all right, I'm going to finish you today. You make it look, it's like a challenge. You're like, all right, all right, Steve, it's you and me today let's do this. Let's dance. <laughs> it is. I mean, I,
1: I set the whole area up. Uh, I get my little easel. I get my buckets around so that way I don't have to, to worry about messing with that. And the whole time I get primed and then I, you know, I stand up on the other side of the room, just staring that canvas down while it's blank face stares right back at me. <laughs> and I got to, you know, I do that hop and boxer arm shake. It's like, whew, here we go. Here we go.
0: Your wife comes in. is like, honey, you want to go for a walk? Not now.
1: So <laughs> like, hey, uh, do you mind going to check them out? I can't. I'm in the middle of something.
0: This must or, be at the dumb. beginning of it.
1: <laughs>
0: this dance ends now. <laughs> You've had it too good for too long. I see you looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so for you, what would you say is the best part about painting on a personal and an emotional level? Uh, being finished.
1: <laughs> being finished because the the entire process... As I said about the scraping, it's, uh, I wouldn't say stressful, uh, challenging. I've never lost my patience with it, but I have gotten antsy with, okay, we're sitting on hour six and I'm scraping it off again. I've got to do something here. So it's it's tense during the painting, but in a good way, if you could have a good tense moment, but I feel really good whenever I hit the point where I say, this is good. Uh, I, I'm I'm good with the way this looks. And then I put it on the easel in the corner. I basically have, it's almost like a little uh, display area and uh, I stare at it for the next week while it dries
0: and then I I move on. Now, this might be an odd question, but so for me, when I create my music, sometimes I like doing it late at night when I'm not really focusing. So that's when some of the weirdest and coolest things come out. So for you, what is your preferred time of day to paint?
1: Okay. An odd question deserves an odd answer. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm kidding. So I don't have a preferred time to paint necessarily. Um, Most of the time I usually end up getting started at about nine o'clock at night because I spend the entire day trying to get myself amped up to actually set this stuff up. And so whenever I get around to it, it's about nine o'clock at night. And then I paint until one or two in the morning. And I usually hit that point where it's like, all right, I can't figure out how to fix it. I'm going to go to bed. I'll wake up. And then first thing in the morning, in the morning, I continue that painting. So I've, the one thing I haven't done is actually started a painting in the morning, just because I I usually, I get started in the, at night and then I finish it the next afternoon, but I start on it first thing in the morning. So I don't know which which time I would prefer to paint. I like the nighttime because everything's relaxed and you're just kind of getting into it. You don't have anything else to worry about, but I really enjoy the morning and the And the early afternoon because the sun starts to pass the window just right. So I've got perfect lighting to see. So I I like all times of the day, really.
0: So my wife also enjoys painting as well. And she loves the natural light from outside. So do you have like one of those lights inside your house to get that light? Or do you like using any light?
1: I would really use any light that I can have. Uh, The I usually paint in the living room because my, the office area is set up for music and I don't want to get paint up on the car, uh, paint all over the carpet. And the uh, other room is the bedroom. And so I I set it up with the canvas facing the, uh, the sliding glass door to, to our patio, but at night there's no sun. So I just set up a, a group of lamps around me so that way I can at least have some light without having too many shadows. I like I like that idea.
0: Like you can work in any environment. Once again, you could do it with your eyes closed. Eventually, yeah, you can do it with
1: your eyes closed. And at about two o'clock in the morning, when everybody needs the lights off, you kind of have to.
0: I could just imagine you doing it in a room. The lights are completely turned off. Your eyes are closed, and your wife comes in. Is like, what are you doing? And she turns on the light. You just see why, why? Why are you closing your eyes and have the lights <laughs> off? It's like I want double darkness. This is advanced
1: darkness. I mean, advanced darkness. Level
0: two darkness.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm getting in touch with the darkness. I'm one
0: with the night. (laughs) And now to switch over from the darkness to a brighter side. If you can choose, what is your favorite painting you've ever created? Unless it's a dark painting, then yeah, we'll go back to the darkness.
1: This one, the, the, my favorite one is actually the most recent that I did. Um, and that's actually the, the one that's been in my head every time I describe scraping a painting off 12 times, because I think I'd scraped this one off about 12 times. I wasted a lot of paint trying to get it the way I wanted it. And it was supposed to be like a, a Tennessee scene, you know, blue sky with some clouds, a, a thicket of trees and a meadow, you know, so that way you could it looked like you could walk between the trees and after a while, the trees started changing and I made them, you know, I made them super dark green, luscious like summer, uh, not a whole lot of reds and yellows, but with the touch mixed in for excess plants. But then whenever I made it to the part where the meadow should be, I, I wasn't sure really what to do with it because I wasn't feeling the meadow. So I asked my wife, w- w- what do you think? What do you think I should do here? She said, make it water. So I made it, I made the the entire bottom corner quarter of the the canvas water. And I used teals and I used the, the phthalo greens mixed with the phthalo blues. And, and I just made it kind of dark. So it almost looks like a bit of a swamp scene, like those, not like a nasty brown swamp scene, but one of those, you know, it's, it's water you can't see through, but it's a lovely color, but there's something that will eat you in there.
0: Actually, does that ever happen to you when you're painting? Like you have an idea, you're starting off, but as you're painting, you're like, whoa, this could be something else. Like you change your perspective on how you want it. Or do you already have a set mind? Like, all right, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get.
1: I would say I, I have, I'm I, sorry, I had to look back at, at the few that I have in this room. <laughs> Just to see, It's like, dude, do I have any of them? There was one, it was my second painting. And the first one I did based off of a Bob Ross, the second one, I went rogue and I put Bob Ross on in the background. But I painted all all off of what I wanted to, and it actually came out a bit different than I envisioned it and uh you know so so the trees were in a bit of a different place, and the mountain came out looking differently, but not not terribly so just just a touch different. it's still loved, right <laughs> I, I still love <laughs> it, I still love it but the but the little blue green swamp scene that I painted is probably the most dramatic so far because. I wasn't planning on doing water and it's actually become my favorite one whenever I look at it. I feel really good about that one because I love the way the water came out.
0: And do you name your paintings like the scene? I did. I started
1: to at least the, the first, the first one that I, I think I named the first one because it was like a darker winter scene, uh, a bleak midwinter. And then I forgot to continue on with the names because I was too worried about stop scraping the paint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can see what you calling one. Uh, just a girl. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Usually the name is part of it because you just see the scribbles and the stab marks from the paint knife. Around. I'm just tired of it all.
0: Another one's name, done. Just, just look, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with
1: this one. <laughs> one. One is named finished. The other one's name is finally. The other's name is Not again.
0: Another one is just a splotch. Just like. (laughs) 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 And so you do scrape a lot. Has it ever happened that you like scrape so many times and then after it's done, you're like, all right, great. It's fantastic. It's finished. And then let's say a few days later, you look at it like, oh, my goodness, I missed something. Do you go back to it? You're like, nope, nope. I'm going to stay away. This one, I said, done. I named it done. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) I dubbed it with
1: the name finished and not again. So yeah, usually once I, once I set a painting off, I'll look back at it and I can usually see things that I wish I would have done differently, but I wouldn't say there's any that I've gone back and done after I've hit the finish point. There has been, I had a painting that I, I did most of, and then I left it for a week, not purposefully, just having a hard time getting back to it. Having a hard time making time for my hobby.
0: Mm. <laughs> Slipped that <laughs> right in chart. there.
1: <laughs> 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 but I, I left it for like a week until I was able to come back and I had an idea for what to finish it. And uh, But none of them that I've said or done have I ever touched again.
0: And have you ever painted with your wife? That's
1: actually something we're going to do this very weekend Ooh. because she's seen what kind of fun I'm having with this. Um, she's actually the reason I got into painting because she's she bought me the first painting stuff. She has seen how much I have enjoyed doing this. And so she wanted one. So for her birthday recently, I got her her own little easel. I got her a nice palette,
0: some brushes, a palette knife. And so this weekend we're going to sit together and we're going to paint. That is so awesome. I love when like couples do things together. Yeah, and so my wife and I do some painting sometimes I haven't done in a while, but I can see she's a lot better than me. So. I'm like, you know what? I'll let that be her hobby. I'll just interview people about their painting. Yeah, that'll be my hobby. Yeah, <laughs> This is my sure. art. If you can't do, you talk to somebody who can. Exactly. And I can't do a lot. Or me. <laughs> I can't do a lot of hobbies, so that's why I'm talking I've talked to 126 people. So yeah.
1: <laughs> that is a lot of people. I actually tried to try to listen through your uh what would you call it? Like a directory, your your list of episodes and it's been it's been fun. I mean, there's there's a lot of hobbies I've listened to and I'm like, oh wow, that actually sounds cool. So I've had a lot of hobbies before and you've only given me more hobbies to start getting into.
0: <laughs> so that means I'll have to have you back on here for all those hobbies. There's gonna be a, another 126 episodes of just you.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have our own personal season. It's going to be Alex and Kurt. Alex
0: makes time for Kurt. Hey, the AC podcast be oh, so cool. I,
1: oh, oh, it's
0: perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. See, this is meant to be.
1: <laughs> I, I'm telling you right here, this is fate. This is destiny. We're going to, we're going to write some music together.
0: We're going to, we're going to learn how to paint together. I like you're going to say. We're going to paint. You're like, Alex can't paint, right? Uh, we're we're going to learn how to paint, paint together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still
1: learning how to paint, so it's not far from
0: it. I can do finger paint, right? I can, uh, I, you, you he, he, I can pens. put like some cream on my hand and paint my face. I think that's called sunscreen. I, I tend to not miss a spot. Yeah, that's. I mean, uh, <laughs> good. It's just like face paint. You know? Yeah, yeah. And but I'm sure this will be a challenge for me. But I love challenges. And actually, speaking of challenges, what was your biggest challenge when you first started painting?
1: I would say figuring out how to mix colors. The I watched Bob Ross for so long, and I studied the way he moved that I felt like the physical aspect of it. I had it. And whenever I got the painting stuff, I spent like a week before I painted the first one just practicing the physical use of the brush. So I would, I mean, I would paint an image in my mind and let the brush follow along with it. And it felt comfortable. I was not, I had no issues with that. But whenever I started, whenever I started squeezing out the first tubes of paint onto my palette, uh, I realized that a lot of it is really going to be less physical and more knowing how colors mix and what they turn into And that not all colors turn into what you expect them to. So that the biggest issue was actually learning how uh, basically the math of paint.
0: So yeah, actually, on that note, you can get paints that are already preset colors. Like, you want a specific color? Boom, you can mm-hmm. go get that. Or you can go with, let's say, the basics like red, blue, yellow, white, and black to make the shade and colors. So, for you, do you prefer mixing the colors, or do you like saying, you know what, today I don't want to just mix; I just want to find the color I want and use it because I know how it's going to be the outcome.
1: I love to mix the colors. That's all. That was even a favorite thing of of watching Bob Ross. This has basically actually become an, a podcast about Bob Ross. But <laughs> 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 I love Bob Ross. But it was uh, listening to his his palette knife on the palette and, and watching the way the paints mix together. Absolutely love it. So I love mixing them on my own. I, I think it, it's handy to have the, the pre mixed colors, but there's certain shades that you can't necessarily buy at the store. But if you mix them yourself, it will become more natural, but you will also gain an understanding and appreciation of each shade. So it's, you know, I think, I think it's handy to have those pre-mixed, but I much prefer doing the
0: mixing on my own. Has it ever happened to you that you had, like you wanted a specific color and just like, all right, well, a little bit more red. Oh, too much red, a little bit more yellow. Ah, oh, too much yellow, a little more red. A little more yellow, and just like it becomes a giant splotch every every <laughs> single time, because there's
1: there's that weird equation you got to figure out. So it's like, oh, I want like a cool brown. So you decide, oh, you know, let's let's just take some brown. We'll do a little bit of red. We'll put some green in there. Oh, that's too much chocolate. I wanted it a little lighter. So you put in some white, but then it's too much white. So I've I've always found that. I will make this the same color multiple times until I find that proper shade.
0: And has there been one color that's been the most challenging for you to try to
1: obtain? A good li- yellow green, not lime green, but like a yellow green. I've I've continually had an issue with that because... Even watching uh, Bob Ross do it, because I, I stopped a painting one time just because I, I cannot get this color. So I watched an episode of Bob Ross to see how he did it. It's like I'm doing the same exact thing, and my colors aren't coming <laughs> out like that. What is going on? So it was. I would say it's probably been the yellow green that's the most difficult because the the sap green is so so dark, but not terribly dark like the thalo green. And but whenever you mix it with the yellow, it's it's usually more of the green. So I've it took me a while to get the hang of that one, and I still
0: mess it up the first go. <laughs> I could feel it like you're watching Bob Ross, like witchcraft, witchcraft. That's impossible. No <laughs> one can get that color. It's it's <laughs> like watching watching or playing a game with
1: somebody online, and they and they keep owning you and everything, and you're just yelling at the TV. How? <laughs> How?
0: i shot you in the face they have an aim bot bob ross has yeah. an aim bot for painting <laughs> <Bob, laughs> he's got his aim assist on that's all it is yeah in the tubes in the tubes like all right this is the exact amount there's like a little ai in the tube that tells you the exact amount like till like the millimeter <laughs> milliliter. one thing he always said in his episodes
1: was that uh, he's like you don't need this much paint i put enough paint on my palette so i don't run out During an episode, because then the director yells at me and I probably use more paint on my smaller canvases than he did on his (laughs) larger ones. And he's always got paint left over. And usually by the end of it, I've had to refill my palette three or four times. I'm like, how how are you doing this? It's like, there is no way that small dab of paint should cover that entire canvas. That's witchcraft.
0: You know what? It's actually paint within the brush. Uh, Trade secrets. (laughs) (laughs) he is one with the paint. Well, apparently Bob Ross, I think I read somewhere, or saw somewhere that he used to be in the military and he used to be more like loud and more vocal. He was
1: the I think he was the drill sergeant, uh, the the one that had to yell at people that called everybody maggots and and made them run 5 miles and then 500 push-ups and anything that made them throw up their lunch. So, yeah, he he was that yelling kind of guy, but he, uh, I think once he got out of the military, he, he swore he would never yell again.
0: Could you imagine if he did yell at his canvas? That would be pre- still pretty entertaining. <laughs> it's I've always a- wondered, like, yeah. how do you go from being, being encouraged <laughs> to being angry at people and yelling
1: at people to just – ultimate serenity.
0: You call yourself you, a bush? <laughs> be more fluffy.
1: <laughs> I, I've just always had a hard time picturing anybody going through their life, and he seems like he's never had a negative thought. And I was like, you've got to have been mad at somebody. You can't tell me that you never yelled at your son, Steve. It just doesn't seem natural. It's like, no, you're just a, you're just a little whisper. I know you didn't mean to. We all make happy
0: accidents. It's like him and Mr. Rogers. And like the, I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep two of the most pleasant guys. Yeah, exactly. That'd be the calmest conversation ever. And you'd be very, it'd be very educational.
1: It would be very educational. It would be, and it would be very uh, encouraging, you know. Oh, you can do this. There's no problem. Mr.
0: Rogers says, I'm not very good at it, but I like to do it. And that's all that matters. (laughs) Just (laughs) compliments and compliments. But actually speaking about educational, you're the one teaching me right now. So I have to be this little student raising his hand and asking all the questions. So for (laughs) you, what is your current biggest challenge? Is it still trying to mix that perfect yellow green color or do you have another challenge?
1: Uh, I would say it would be a mix of a couple of things. It would be still mixing the colors because there's always a shade I'm trying to get that for some reason always eludes me, even if I've done it before. But I would say the allowing myself to be okay with the mistakes that I make, you know, no painting is ever going to come out, you know, perfect. And there's always going to be little mistakes that you have to fix. But if I could learn how to work with those and save some paint, which saves money at the same time, instead of scraping it all off every time. Or or just seeing it and allowing that mistake to say, oh, tell you what, what if instead of a thicket of trees, we turn this into just this random big rock? So I would say I would say one of my biggest challenges so far is just allowing myself the freedom to not be perfect
0: and uh being and trying to get that perfection could be pretty stressful sometimes but you said you don't really get stressed but let's say you get irritated what do you tend to do to de-stress or de-irritate if that's a word
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it depends usually i'm drinking at the same time so i just drink (laughs) a little bit more (laughs) but if if i get stressed with the the painting usually i'll stand up because i I, my easel that i was using before was kind of small so i had to sit down to to use it and so i would stand up stretch my legs just let the blood flow and take a breath, maybe use the bathroom because I've been sitting for six hours painting. (laughs) And then I just sit back down and and just kind of get back to it. And usually I've I've never become too terribly irritated where it's hard to go back to, you know, it's not like rage quitting a game and uninstalling it. It's, you know, I I stand up and as soon as I stand up, I feel a little better and I go back to it. So I, I wouldn't say I don't get stressed. I do get stressed because I don't, Like the thought of not being naturally good at something. (laughs) So finding out that oil paints is not as easy as Bob Ross makes it look. I, uh, I do get stressed, but never overly. I think enough that a challenge should stress one in order to learn it.
0: And as long as you keep doing it, the better you get. Exactly. So it's all about practice, persistence, and perseverance. And as Bob Ross said... There's no mistakes, just happy accidents. Just happy accidents, just <laughs> just angry accidents. <laughs> just angry accidents, <laughs> just a few canvases with a giant hole through them. Yeah, just a few. Yep. <laughs> just a big glob of wasted paint. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's art. Yep, this is definitely part of my process. I destroy four canvases before I, I keep one
1: good one. <laughs> I've actually had that thought that – not that I'm uh, – I don't necessarily see myself as an artist in, in that facet, but – Having like an entire uh, museum display, interpretive art, I guess you would call it with with canvases, some unfinished, you know, that that can be like the art is art is only abandoned series. And then the next one where it's just this is you're interpreting. You can see the rage. You can see the paint knife still in that canvas.
0: I could just imagine this is like put up in a museum and has like an audio component. And people, when they walk up to it, they listen to it, they can just hear you, like, in the process of painting, like, ah, why? And like, oh, I the, understand. It's all art. Even the anger itself is art. The
1: expletives, those are art.
0: <laughs> you little little. <lad. laughs>
1: Yeah, so I've always thought it'd be interesting if I could get away with something like that that'd probably be the easiest art I've ever done.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I would love to go see that in a museum, just like your destroyed canvas. And just like if there's an audio (laughs) component of you just like raging out, I'd be like, okay, I understand where he messed up. And like you can touch a specific spot on the canvas and you could just tell you what happened (laughs) at that moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would... I, I think it'd be a whole lot of fun if I could make that happen. you That would be the only art I could ever actually – or I guess the only abstract art that I'd be able to look at and understand. <laughs>
0: you, are, you actually understand because like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Going through, oh, yeah, I,
1: t- I totally get that. You know, I, I've definitely thrown things through a canvas before because I couldn't get it right, but <laughs> I've never understood why that leg is coming out of that guy's mouth
0: in a Picasso. <laughs> so <laughs> I can relate with this one. And actually, speaking about understanding, I'm doing these weird segues, but what are some misconceptions about people who do painting?
1: Hmm, I would love to say we're not all crazy, um, but as Bob Ross says, being a little crazy helps. <laughs> I would say. Hmm. I don't know. Cause to be completely honest, I haven't hung around a lot of painters. I've got one, one good friend who's a, who's a phenomenal painter and artist and he's been doing this for decades, but I, I don't, I can't say that I've necessarily hung out with, with official self-proclaimed painters, at least to have an understanding of those misconceptions. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe the fact that we don't all feel the need to cut off an ear as a, as a gift to a loved one. Um, uh, maybe, maybe the fact that just like with most things that people are good at that other people don't understand, it doesn't happen the first time, you know, it's the, the finished product is, is not the only thing that the painter has seen. Uh, you, you're not seeing the frustration that is, that is layered in each, each small scene and in every, uh, every stroke of the brush, you don't, you don't see the annoyance with that one didn't come out right or. You can't see all the snapped handles of paintbrushes whenever whenever you had to scrape it off again. So
0: I would say that it's just it's not easy. And that's completely fair. Yeah. It takes time and practice. And this might be a controversial question. I just thought of it right now, but what's your take on let's say more abstract art? Let's say those canvases are just a black canvas and is sold for millions of dollars or the lines or stuff like that. Are you for it or against it? This is just a neutral question. I'm not saying I'm for one or the other.
1: I'm going to definitely play aside and, and Whether this comes from a more practical standpoint or an actual appreciation of it, I can't understand what they're going through whenever they paint that. So I guess to them it can be seen as art. But what I'm looking at is you poked holes in this (laughs) can of paint and you threw it at this canvas. I I can't see that as art. I've seen other people describe it in in beautiful terms that I couldn't even understand because they're like – it just makes you wonder, it's like, I mean, they they've got all of these different colors. What told them that this one stroke of the brush right here was plenty and that they they can do something else? I like, I don't know. I mean, I could I could easily do this. I could throw paint at a at a canvas, but to me it's not, it's it's not art, but I'm also not an abstract art kind of guy. And I love seeing paintings that represent something. Now, if you find a an interesting way to, you know, combine two things into one. Uh, I, I guess that that's cool enough depending on how it looks, but I really love art, you know, sketches, paints, uh, sculptures, anything that actually looks like it's supposed to be something. So kind of going back to C- Picasso, I've, I've never really appreciated any of his stuff because I don't know, a, a foot coming out of somebody's ear and a, and a goat coming out of somebody's hair to me, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. But you look at. The Starry Night picture that everybody knows. And that one to me, uh, although it still looks weird, it represents something more directly. And I think it's beautiful.
0: So it's it's all interpretation really. You know what? To a certain degree – I, I want to say a certain degree. To a full degree, I agree with you. <laughs> I was going to say to a certain yeah. degree. No, no. To a full degree, I do agree with you that in order to – I guess call it art. There's got to be some sort of effort to put into it. And it's not just something – like um, when it comes to music, especially too, uh, there's because I I do music and I I see some music produced nowadays just like one one sound and they're like all right this is it and I'm like mm, yep what okay I I don't fully agree with it and but it's like okay that's to each their own but that's a weird cup of tea you're drinking my friend. I don't know what to put that to. With the music, I, I listen to I listen to the words and the
1: music, mm-hmm. and more of the music being an instrumentalist. But the the words to me need to be presented in a clever way. Uh, and I I hear some lyrics sometimes that to me they they're just that is not clever. That is that is not a clever way to in, to convey this thought or emotion. And then I listen to the music and like you guys are just playing the same chords as everybody else. There's nothing there's nothing interesting here, but. Unfortunately, in this day and age, you don't really need all that because most people are not musicians, so they don't really know.
0: (laughs) They don't know better. You know what? I have a feeling like we're going through the dark ages of art and music right now, and it's just going to boom back because, you know, there's some people like, you know what? I don't want to do this simple stuff. I want to try something different. Like, you're like, you're bring back Bob Ross style, and then you're adding your little twist because you're going to add some, like, evil and darkness. So that's kind of cool. You're. So I love – I appreciate people who step out of like the, the norm, I guess. Like just do the thing they love doing with, regardless of what society says. Oh, well, this is what's love now. Two taps of a drum and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I, especially with the, the
1: last month and a half, two months for, for at least a, uh, Northern America where things have started slowing down due to the current climate of society. Uh, I, I've, I have seen a lot of people that are getting into doing – new things for the first time. And, uh, I actually, ever since I got in touch with you about the, uh, about doing this interview, I tried to actually get more in touch with painting. So that way I would, I don't know. I felt <laughs> that was my preparation was trying to get into painting, thinking about painting more. So that way, whenever you started asking me questions, I was more in touch with it. That was surprisingly and ironically, whenever I got the busiest. So I didn't have as much time.
0: For the people listening right now, he's actually painting this podcast conversation. <laughs>
1: yes, uh, I, I'm actually, I'm painting you in front of a mic and uh, and then there's like the, that classic TV dividing line. So you've got a different background and then I'm painting me with a mic and different background. and. And then there's, there's bats and, and there's a red sky off in the distance. And then there's a tornado. It's yeah. It just got weird.
0: Oh, so so you're basically painting my house. Is it? Yeah. I got bats and tornadoes all the time. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's my entire, we could almost divide our apartment in half between mine and hers and hers is spick and span and cleaned up and nice. And then you look into my office and there's, there's cups and there's notebooks and there's, there's coasters, packs of guitar
0: strings for some reason, a stack of trivia cards. Are you sure we're not living in the same place? Because that sounds exactly like my place. We could be. What if this was like
1: a parallel dimension where everything's the same, just in a different reality and we're actually sitting right next to each other
0: and we're interviewing or I'm interviewing myself. Boom.
1: And I, I'm answering myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this became a really meta podcast. So this is the, this is the, uh, abstract podcast. You have to think about this one. <laughs> yeah, you have
1: to think about it. And that's what the, our AC podcast that we have to do now. It's That is actually abstract concepts.
0: Yeah, you're, you're listening to the AC podcast, keeping it cool. <laughs> we
1: Keep it cool, like the other side of the pillow.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man, we just, I love this conversation. We're just going off on everything that's on our mind, which is fantastic. Like, oh, right, right. We got to talk about painting. But actually, yeah, oh, back right. to, yes. back to painting. What has painting taught you in life?
1: It has taught me that nothing is given, only earned. I mean, there, there is a certain certain acuity that we can take into a first time project, but I mean nothing no, no, nobody is ever just a natural at it. I, I know there's a lot of people who said, Oh yeah, he picked the guitar up the first time and and he was playing along and he was phenomenal. It's like there's he, he did not he did not do that. She did not do that, whoever it is. They there was some practice along with it. Now they may have picked it up faster, but that's just like anything else. There's some people that are just more athletic than other individuals starting out at least. Um, but depending on how much work you really put into it, it's, that's where your results really come come to fruition. So you'll see how much effort you put in
0: with what you're able to do later on. It's exactly like riding a bike. Like riding a bike. Mm -hmm. Funny, uh, funny anecdote about that. Uh, When the moment I learned how to ride a bike on two wheels, my dad was so happy. He gave me two thumbs up me as the idiot. I am, I let go of the handles and gave him two thumbs up and the the wheel twisted and I went flying.
1: (laughs) Whenever I learned how to ride a bike, I didn't, I understood what brakes were supposed to be for, but I was afraid of using them because I was afraid that once I stopped, I was just going to fall. So uh, I, Uh, mine were last-ditch efforts. Once I reached where I was going to, I just jumped off. (laughs) It was not very graceful.
0: I swear, we're talking to the same person. Like, you and I are the exact same person. Like, I remember this one time when I was riding a scooter. I was going down a hill. I'm like, huh, a scooter's got two wheels. A skateboard's got four wheels. A scooter's kind of like a skateboard. Can I ride this without holding the handlebar? So I let go of the handlebar, and yep, I went flying. (laughs) Turns out it doesn't quite work, because that, that... Big handlebar <laughs> really throws off the center of that balance. Yep, but it's uh, through trial and error, which applies for painting as well. You learn what works and you learn what doesn't work.
1: <laughs> and you have been doing this for a while. If you can just beautifully tie that back into what we're supposed to do. Sorry. I digress a lot.
0: I can only apply that in my podcast. In real life, I wander. I just wander so much. See, but there's there's less to worry about in
1: real life because you can wander wherever you want to and you'll find something cool. Whereas a podcast, you're not supposed to.
0: Yes, yes. You can't escape from reality. You got to <laughs> stay focused on the, the actual topic on hand. And actually, uh, speaking about reality, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it as an escape from reality?
1: I've had a lot of hobbies, and the only hobby that I've ever had the true intent of bringing to the world was music. And so, you know, drawing, recently painting, the things that were art-based like that, I've honestly never had a desire to put it out there. Not that I wouldn't, but... The only person I really show my drawings to are like my wife. So whenever I sketch something and I love it, I run in there like a small child. I'm like, look, 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 look what I did. Can we put it <laughs> on the bridge? She's like, yeah, that's that's great. Thanks. I mean, that's, that's really cool. It's really lovely. But and I do the same thing with painting. So every time I like put a tree in, I was like, hey, you want to see it now? But as for as for actually like putting it out there, it's really just a tool to exercise creatively uh, to me. So it's it's nothing that I have the intent or desire for people to buy it. Although now that things are starting to get full in my house, I'm thinking about maybe seeing if somebody wants some art for like 15, 20 bucks, just so that way the art pays for itself and I don't fill my house up. But <laughs> I couldn't say that I've got the full intention of having a museum display. Although after our conversation, I think it might have to be a thing. I would love an interactive museum of your art. <laughs> I, I think that's that's going to be part of it because it's going to be like the... It's it's going to be art in itself because to me it is a farce. It is going to be that abstract concept that is actually poking fun at the abstract concepts. So it's it is art and satire.
0: Yo, you got you got my vote. And also, if you do end <laughs> up selling uh, your art, send me the link. I'll share it in here because this this is my job. I say job. This is my hobby. I share other people's <laughs> hobbies. Yes. <laughs> this is your jobbie. This is my jobbie. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> It sounds sexual for some reason. I got a job. It, kind
1: of, it does sound like a like a British slang term for for a chubby. <laughs>
0: And this podcast got the NSFW mark. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and check that box that says explicit content yes. within. Yeah, jobby, jobby. Uh, yeah, that sounds dirty. Let's add it to the list. <laughs> you look like you're sporting a jobby, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I may I may
1: sell some things just to kind of pay for the paints and stuff, but uh, I don't take myself seriously as a painter or an artist to actually get into to worrying too much about that.
0: And I don't take myself seriously as a podcaster. I'm just having a conversation (laughs) with a new friend. That's what's happening. That's exactly right.
1: With a new best friend. Yeah,
0: absolutely. With myself (laughs) and with yourself. Exactly. We're, turns out we're our own best friends. Yes, yes. It has been within us all the time. You're, you're me with hair. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? I, I would say the the first the first bit of advice is to buy the stuff.
1: It's you can actually buy a uh, a Bob Ross kit via Amazon. It's not terribly expensive, and you can buy a good bundle of of canvases, which is what my wife did to get me started on this. And then once you do that, it's kind of like the first the first hit. You're gonna want more after that, unless it's just not your thing, in which case you won't want more. But the buying the the equipment is the the most primary thing because I spent four and a half years always saying one day I'm going to I'm going to buy this stuff and I'm going to I'm going to try to paint. I think it'd be fun. And I just never made that purchase. So I never started. But then my wife did. And now I'm painting. Look at that. And then you're here. And now I'm here. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> it, it is all part of some strange parallel dimension scheme of things that brought me to myself.
0: It was all me. I did it. I planned this (laughs) since the beginning, since your birth. (gasps) Kurt, I am you. (gasps) And you are me. (gasps) No, that's impossible. I am your father, but technically I'm you, so I am my own father yeah <laughs> i went back in
1: time to another dimension
0: isn't that the the premise of like uh back to the future that he is his own father or something like that or something i, like? I think so it's been a while but I, i'm pretty sure that's
1: what happened <laughs> <laughs> which if you break it down still shouldn't make sense timeline nope. wise no
0: nope. so it, should, it shouldn't make sense i think we'll have to make a painting out of it to just so it becomes more it makes more sense <laughs> yeah i think i think we're gonna have to paint this one out just to see just to actually
1: see how it could work <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links or websites or projects you're working on? It could be related to your hobby or anything else at all.
1: Uh, so the main hobby that I work on currently, uh, painting is the hobby, but I don't really have a social media for that because I forget to post. But I've got my own podcast, which is The Podcaster's Tavern, uh, and that has a Facebook and a Twitter page. Uh, we're on all major podcasting platforms and that's really the most that i that i do social media wise other than that i've got an instagram which is hide and seek h-y-d-e-n-s-i-e-k and that's where i'm trying to turn it into like my personal slash professional social media sharing source because facebook gets too bogged down with the same meme and videos all the time so uh, at some point i plan to start putting my paintings up there and and showing like some music and everything it's I just have to actually sit down and make time for that as well.
0: You got to make time for your hobby. Got to make time for my my jobby. Your jobby, right, right. The jobby, the dirty, dirty jobby. jobby. (laughs) Well, that's perfect. I'll put all that in all that information in the description below so people can go check it out, show some love, show some support and just see your journey. And now for the final question, the one that no one wants, but Alex keeps asking it at the end of every episode. Do you have any questions for me about painting? questions for you about
1: painting i i actually do have a question for you about painting because you said you have painted before correct correct you painted with your wife is that anywhere that we could see it or did you throw it away out of frustration
0: <laughs> i think i did i did make a post on instagram once of some painting i did i did one where I did the logo of time for your hobby it was weird uh, it wasn't actually a logo i just wrote time for your hobby but i made like a fade background. i tried try the other thing. And then I did another one. It was like an explanation mark just for fun. And then I put, put tape and then I painted within the, the tape. So it was kind of like more symmetrical and then different colors. So it was vivid. And, uh, I wonder if I still, I think I gave it away, but I'll have to double check. I oh, uh, think no, awesome. I did another one as well. I like trying, uh, I love mixing colors. I love the vividness of colors. That's, that's yeah, definitely yeah. my thing. Um, but I, I do love painting when I have the chance. I'm horrible at it. I can't paint <laughs> trees. I I wish I could. I try drawing. <clears throat> nope. I can barely, I can barely get even eyes. It looks like one eye is like popped out of the skull. That's basically how I draw. (laughs) I can't do eyes. I can, I can
1: draw skulls, but for some reason, whenever I actually try to put skin on that skull and an eyeball in the socket, it just all falls apart. And it's just, it looks better as a skull because then it's just a creepy person.
0: You know, this is somebody having a bad trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's exactly, it. it turns into a Picasso. And then for some reason, there's a foot coming out of her eye or whatever
0: <laughs> yeah this is definitely on purpose this is where i meant this is where i'm putting the foot in my mouth yep yep this is what i'm yep, doing
1: <laughs> see now that that i would understand i would understand that reference the metaphor <laughs> yeah the metaphor in that i would understand that but coming out of like the eyeballs and the and the, the hands coming out of the ears i don't understand that
0: i see a, i don't know i was gonna try to make something out of it, like i see my path ahead of me nope nope i see a foot in my no, eye I, <laughs> I
1: don't see anything because there's a foot in
0: my eye yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got drop kicked in the face <laughs> maybe maybe keeping an eye on where you place your foot ah, feet. ah. see this is this maybe. is where we're getting way way into like the meta aspect like yes yes this is what it means really? it means that cheesecake should not be left on the counter mm, yes what what does that have to do with a foot in the eye well you see <gasps> cheese and eyes Nope, don't even try.
1: See, see, and that's what the the hand coming out of the ear means don't reach farther than you hear. I don't know.
0: So I got like a what, a six foot uh wingspan, so this is as far as so if my wife is further than my arm reach, am I legally obliged to listen to her or no?
1: Legally, it depends on where you live, but depending on if that ear, that hand is coming out of your ear remains to answer that
0: question so she has to be like right right beside my ear to so I can hear her
1: more <laughs> or less or maybe maybe you need to hear beyond your reach and
0: make, I don't I don't know actually yeah, this this podcast has become the abstract ending ear hand podcast <laughs> <laughs> part of the That's new a, AC uh cooling <laughs> podcast I was going cooling <laughs> what is an AC unit well, God, well, I'm the, going everywhere <laughs> the AC unit the, podcast the AC unit podcast <laughs> Keeping you cool on a hot summer's day. (laughs) Keeping you, keeping it cool. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Kurt, for just coming on. And I had such a pleasant time talking to you. It was so much good laughter and randomness, but also painting. Of course, which was a topic of (laughs) today. There was a little bit of
1: painting. I appreciate you having me on Alex. This was fun, uh, engaging with myself from a, from another
0: dimension (laughs) beyond the veil. (laughs) And if you guys want to learn more about Kurt, go check him out. I'll put all the information below. It'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to leave a review, hey, go ahead. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to show some more support, I'm sorry, if you want to show some more support, I also have uh, merchandise being sold on Redbubble, and I also have a Patreon. These are all optional. If you don't want to, I'm still releasing episodes. You can't stop me. Well, maybe Kurt because he's me. So uh, maybe Kurt can stop me. <laughs> well, I think if I tried to stop you in the other
1: dimension, it works out that you continue to go. So I'm actually stopping you now, but you're in your
0: dimension doing it still. Yes. This weird time lapse stuff gets me confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically me every day. I'm honestly confused every day. It's The only time where I'm not confused is when I'm sleeping. Then my dreams make sense. <laughs> really?
1: Oh, That's so backwards because I'm confused while
0: I'm awake and then I have dreams that leave me more confused. I'm just in a perpetual state of confusion. I had a dream. This is weird, but I had a dream last night. I guess I was confused. Yeah, I guess maybe a dream got confused. I had a dream last night that my episode coming out tomorrow was like corrupted and I uploaded and only had like three minutes of like content. And I'm like, what? This doesn't make sense. And I, everywhere <laughs> I saved it, didn't have the correct file. I'm like, uh, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So theoretically speaking, if that were to happen, the most recent episode would become the next episode. Technically, your episode would have become tomorrow's episode. (laughs) Oh. oh. (laughs) A lot of editing right away.
1: <laughs> a lot of a lot of really fast editing. You know, you have to cut out all of my random tidbits
0: and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think it would come out just fine. You mean cut out my random tidbits? Your stuff is perfect. <laughs> so
1: I thought your stuff was perfect and mine were just random. Right. See, that's that's that weird that's that weird time
0: lapse <laughs> thing we're talking about. We're just complimenting each other and really we're the same person, so we're just patting each other on our back. <laughs> Alex, you did a good job. Oh, that was such a great interview, Alex. Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, Kurt, thanks for coming on and, and
1: sitting down and talking about painting with me. It's, it's been such a pleasure. You're a wonderful individual and fantastic artist.
0: There, you just said it for me. I was going to say thank you again, once again, for coming on my show. and You just did it. <laughs> thanks for having me, Alex. It's been a blast. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.